I did it now for five years. It's time to change because I don't want to do this every day, all the time, only performing. Hello, everyone. You're listening to the Belladance Live podcast. I'm your host, Jana Komarnitska, and I'm thrilled to share a new portion of dance inspiration with you. If you are a new listener, welcome to the show. Don't forget to subscribe and receive automatic updates about our new episodes. And if you are our regular listener, welcome back. Please leave your reviews on whichever app you're listening. They really help me promote the show and spread awareness about Belladance art form. Plus, I really like like hearing back from you. On this note, let's get to our today's episode. Cross-training is the key to successful dancing. It may sound shocking, but it's true, especially if you don't see improvement in your skills. And why not cross-train doing what you already love? Sharky, the belly dance workout is what happens in authentic belly dance meets high-energy fitness. Sharky builds endurance for your gigs, stamina for your technique, and strength and flexibility to prevent injuries. From cardio and core to strength and stretch, their membership has everything you need to dance your best. Both live online and recorded options are available. Try them out for only $5 for the first week. They guarantee that you'll love their workouts and supportive community. Join now at sharky.com slash online, S-H-A-R-Q-U-I dot com slash online, direct link in the show notes. What a pleasure I have today welcoming Anush Alaverdian as a guest of the Baladins Live podcast. Anush is an Armenian oriental dance performer, instructor and choreographer. She has been interested in dance since she was little, taking up several dance courses like ballet, folk dance and jazz. At the age of 17, she fell in love with the oriental dance style and traveled the world in search of the best dance instructors to teach her the art of ballet dance. She opened her own oriental dance school in the Netherlands in 2002. In 2011, she also established an international dance festival, Summer Belladance Festival in Netherlands. Today she is based in the United Arab Emirates and performs all over the world. She focuses her all energy on teaching activities and developing her project Belladance Abu Dhabi. In our today's episode we talked about the very beginning of her story, falling in love with Belladance but also start teaching and having 250 students once she started teaching classes in the Netherlands. We also talked about logistics of organizing a festival while living in a different country and of course we talked a lot about her life in Abu Dhabi, teaching Belladance classes there receiving golden visa for artists, also her performance career in the United Arab Emirates, and in addition also becoming a local influencer. So all this and more to inspire you with another portion of dance stories. Don't forget afterwards to screenshot, share it with your friend, let us know what you liked what surprised you the most in this conversation and looking forward to hearing from you. You know how many guests we had previously on this podcast sharing how much their experience with BDE pushed their dance career. You can have it too. Join one of the BDE experience intensives and get the training and experience of performing in lead and ensemble roles. 
open for Raksharki and fusion styles. Details and training materials for the casting are available at www.joinbde.com. Direct link in the show notes, joinbde.com. Hello, dear Anush. I'm uh, very happy to greet you from Brazil and to talk uh, uh, to you from Abu Dhabi right now. Uh, thanks to technologists to let us connect and also thank to you to agree to participate uh, in our interview and being part of the Belladance Life podcast uh, project. <laughs> Hello, my dear Iana. Thank you so much for having me here. I greet you also from Abu Dhabi, from sunny Abu Dhabi. <laughs> And I'm very, 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 very pleased to be participating in this interview. Thank you so much for having me. I know you traveled uh, all over the world. And now it happened that you are based in Abu Dhabi. Uh, but uh, I'm curious uh, to start sort of backwards from the... Actually, not backwards. To start from the very beginning. How did ballet dance enter your life? Like, do you remember that first moment that you thought, oh, I want to go and maybe do a class or maybe explore it more like, you know, on a learning, studying level, exploration level, uh, specifically with ballet dance? How did your story start? Oh, yes, of course I remember this. It was very, very, very uh magical because i was uh of course i came from armenia to the netherlands and i my parents moved there when i was a little girl so we were based in the netherlands and then uh, i was doing hip-hop jazz you know in when i was teenagers so uh very masculine because i i loved that to be cool <laughs> and all of a sudden i got a um an audition for uh, for uh, for the musical Aladdin and Jasmine, and I was selected as to be a Jasmine. And then all of a sudden, from a hip hop dancer, I had to switch myself to an elegant, uh, sweet, and uh, mysterious Jasmine. And right there, I was thinking, "Oh my God, this femininity is really attracting my more." I was, I think, about 17 years. And then I, I uh, started to search and then I came to uh, know that uh, Shahrazad from Germany, um, mm -hmm. who became also my teacher, I, uh, I started to search her and then I took classes and I was really inspired of her expression, on, of her beautiful dance, uh, dance style. And then I, in, uh, I came into the religion. I traveled to Egypt to learn because by that time we didn't have this uh, YouTube or videos. We were having, uh, I think, more more of those very big video cassettes mm -hmm. <laughs> that you could request from all over the world to send you with a post so you can put it in this video, uh, this old-style video <laughs> recorder to watch it on TV. So the only option was to travel to Egypt to discover there. So like this, my journey started. Mm. Uh, you mentioned that your yeah. uh, background, you originally like from Armenian roots. Armenia has a lot, a big uh, and very rich and beautiful culture, music and dance culture, and very feminine too. It's not exactly ballet dance, but really like 
beautiful, uh, delicate, elegant, uh, feminine dances. Have you ever dipped uh, your toes in exploring Armenian dances too? Or ballet dance took you on that path and basically you went more into that direction? <laughs> yes, that's a really nice question because um, I actually, you know, as an Armenian mother, my Armenian mother, <laughs> she... Uh, As a girl, it's a normal thing that you go or either to a dance class or the, uh, to do piano or play an instrument. So my mother put me in uh, Armenian dance classes So when I was a very little girl. So I started actually my dance with uh, Armenian folkloric dance, uh, dances. Mm -hmm. <laughs> And uh, so I, I was uh, dancing Armenian dance um, But then when we came to the Netherlands, somehow I, I was in a teenage period. I switched into a cool <laughs> street dance hip hop style because I think it was a fashion for that age. <laughs> But I didn't forget my background. Somehow the elegance brought me back when I saw um, oriental dancing or belly dancing And especially, specifically when I saw Sarazad, because she has very elegant uh, dance style. So I'm very grateful, forever grateful for Sarazad that she she uh, inspired me. And uh, yeah. <laughs> mm. You mentioned that uh, your teacher Sharzad, she was from Germany and that mostly like you didn't have YouTube back then to study. You had to travel to Egypt as one of the main ways to study. But what about uh, Netherlands uh, like itself, the country? Was it uh, difficult to find any classes, teachers, information? Was it known, popular as a belly dance uh, classes in Netherlands? Because the musical, I assume, even the idea of musical, it, you got into it while you were in Netherlands, correct? Yes. Uh, well, uh, in the Netherlands that time, we, we, we didn't have so many, uh, so many teachers who were really like, with who I could really learn deep the belly dance style. So I, uh, I really decided to, to go more professional and uh, just to um, research the roots and um, really take very, very professional classes. So I went uh, to Egypt. When I came back, I think I was also one of the only teachers in my region where I was teaching that time. So, yeah, I was, uh, <laughs> inspiration came from Egypt. Mm, I mean, I to teach after that, yeah. Mm. And how was your transition to ballet dance as a profession? Was it gradual or is it, was it like a very specific decision, like the moment in your life and you realized like, no, I actually want to be a professional ballet dancer. Let me work towards that goal. Or was it more gradual and natural, like oh, one thing, another thing, and then you found out yourself as a full-time ballet dancer? Uh, no, the decision came uh, very quickly because uh, I always wanted to become a dance teacher. <laughs> And I was teaching uh, street dance and hip hop when I was already 16. So before that, I discovered belly dancing. But um, um, when I went to Egypt and I started to develop myself and uh, I started to uh, yeah, come back with the package and perform here and there, 
very quickly already people from my region in Netherlands, they were asking me, why don't you teach? Why don't you teach? So, uh, yeah, I started uh, teaching uh, on an age of uh, maybe I was 17, uh, 18. And then uh, by 19, I had already my dancing school with 250 students. So (laughs) that went really very fast. And then I was thinking, okay, this is what I want to do. And that's it. <laughs> I want to la- dance all my life. This is a passion. I love what I do. And um, yeah, so that's it. And then it was show after show in uh, Leiden City in the Netherlands. And uh, yeah, and uh, I saw a lot of interest also in the Netherlands that they wanted to learn. So yeah, like this, it started very quick. 250 students it, it was just like you yeah. teaching or you organized the i don't know studio quickly with some other teachers or is it was it just like directly you you teaching group and in total 250 students in the groups yes 250 students i was teaching five uh, five days a week every day two three hours wow. so yeah divided all the students so yeah it went so crazy drastically up and then we had Twice a, a year, a student show and uh, like sold out theaters. And uh, yeah, of course, this will uh, blow your mind and you will think like this is this is what I want. <laughs> that was really very, very beautiful. Mm. So, yeah, do I was f- thinking alone. Yeah. Do you feel that your previous training in hip hop and other like urban style dances, uh, did it help you to master ballet dance or was it something in uh, sort of conflict with ballet dance because briefly you mentioned uh, earlier that you felt like those styles were more like masculine uh, energy in them and then suddenly ballet dance very feminine but in terms of other like techniques the style the mood that you got used to in your dance training was it helpful when you start taking ballet dance classes or was it something that you had to sort of reteach yourself and overcome uh yes somehow it was helpful yet i had to reteach myself because helpful in the sense that i musicality and i was uh technique wise uh, like dance technique wise i was already there so i don't i i didn't have to start very much uh, from the beginning that you learn uh, how to move your um your how to do your steps or this kind of things but it was a little bit difficult tough for me to be uh, very uh, although i had a background as a armenian dancer you know with the hands with the movement but still it was very uh, uh, it took a while until i really had to switch from a yeah cool hip-hop street dance dancer who is very grounded uh, to uh, this beautiful lines of belly dance arms and uh, the cur- curly uh, stuff, you know, that we are doing with the belly dancing. Mm-hmm. So it was end and end. It was helpful, yet also a bit uh, um, uh, strange to switch. But because I loved it, it went very fast. <laughs> it's just interesting because for everyone it will be different experience and also different dance styles and different body conditioning, different muscle memory. So I was just curious, like for you, how did it felt to switch in from one styles to completely different style? 
But but I want to add something right now. Of course, sometimes from time to time, I wanted to choreograph, for example, a, a, a hip hop so, hip hop song or anything of before. Uh, and I have now difficulties to switch because I feel like when I have to choreograph uh, a street dance um, choreography, then it's uh, it's very difficult to switch these elegant arms into a you know, lose, lose uh, way of dancing. Now I have more difficulties. I think to uh, switch elegant to um, how you can call it to a bit loose style. It's more difficult than for, from loose to elegant because you build it up the elegance, I think. And also, especially because of the age, because that time I was younger and I was discovering the, the femininity and, um, you know, I believe that uh, you build this femininity after you're 18, even 21, you know, you're more mature in your head and you understand your body much more. So elegant, you build that time um, faster, I think. (laughs) That's what happened. Well, who knows? Maybe maybe it's about uh, styles, or maybe it has nothing to do with elegant or loose. Maybe it's like they say: once you're a belly dancer, you're a belly dancer forever, so you can't turn it off. You can't help it. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. Maybe that's uh, that's the the thing. Yeah. Uh, so you had a really huge success in Netherlands in terms of teaching and start performing. It was developing very fast. I mean. Looking back now, like within like a few years, already like solid, nice, established career. But you're also known for your experience of uh, performing and working as a contract dancer in different countries around the world. And that doesn't really goes together with staying in Netherlands in one country. So, <laughs> uh, jumping a little bit forward, uh, can you share how did you got your first contract to go dance? Where it was, which country it was, and why did you decide to do it? Uh, yes. So uh, when I started uh, my dancing school and I developed that and I had two times a year a big uh, student show and I was putting uh, groups and beautiful dancers on stage and, uh, you know, producing, producing, producing all the time, choreographing. And uh, I realized at a certain moment that I actually missed something and that that I wanted to be all the time as a solo dancer on stage as well, because I was putting my students on stage and, um, and I was choreographing for them. And then I realized when I will do by myself, you know, performing on stage and uh, being as a solo dancer, somehow I want to really uh, do that daily or maybe uh, um, of course, I had shows in the weekends, solo, in the weddings or any events that I was performing, but it somehow uh, doesn't give me this satisfaction. So, and in the same time, I wanted to really discover something which is the Arab world, dancing in Arab world, mm-hmm. to understand how does it feel actually from inside. So then I decided uh, to travel to um, Middle East. And luckily, I found uh, an amazing agent, uh, Toros, uh, who was in Lebanon. So I traveled to Lebanon. That was the first country uh, where I came and I started the contract from there. And 
Then I go to Bahrain, and then I came to uh, UAE, and then uh, I came back again from uh, there to Lebanon, and at end and end. But mostly the contracts was in uh, uh, in UAE, in the United Arab Emirates, Dubai, Abu Dhabi. Um, so uh, then the journey started like that. So doing these uh, contracts um, from hotel to hotel, uh, beautiful. Uh, performances of every day with uh, in the night in the night and the night life uh, somehow also made me after a while realize that this is amazing i love it but somehow i miss my students i miss also producing i miss choreographing so i have to find a kind of um uh, combination of these both and um also, in the same time, uh, it's not, of course, all the dancers dream to perform every day and then travel from here, here to there. But somehow it gave me also uh, this feeling of nightlife, not really uh, amazing feeling. Like after two years, I, I find myself that I really wanted to go back um, because very simple reason that in the nightlife, you know, being uh, uh, up so late and waking up so uh, so late, and uh, yeah, you you lose somehow your day, and uh, so I decided to find a way to make a combination. So I was going back to the Netherlands, teaching there for, uh, for example, from season to season, and then coming back to the Middle East, and then going back again, and then coming back. But then agency told me that this is not going to work because sometimes we have an amazing contract for you uh, in December, but then you are busy with your uh, students. So I decided to say, okay, then I don't want anymore. <laughs> in that case, I don't want to do that anymore. But then I got an amazing opportunity uh, in Abu Dhabi, uh, a contract uh, with season. And um, they told me that they, they will give me the contract for five years. So I um, agreed with them. And then um, I decided to do festivals instead of um, going back to the Netherlands and come back and going back to the Netherlands. So I decided to switch the, the situation. So do the full uh, September to until Ramadan, then at that time was in June, I think, <laughs> from mm -hmm. September to um, to the summer, from September until the summer next year, uh, to be in, in Abu Dhabi, and then in the summer do the festivals, such like traveling all over the world to do the festivals and teaching like that. And then, uh, of course, I created my own festival in 2011, and... Uh, during this contract uh, period that I was doing in Abu Dhabi, it was uh, actually every day producing a show of one hour, performing uh, for that show one hour, and the rest of the day I was free. So I could organize my festival and uh, make my choreographies and then travel <laughs> here and there to teach. That's really cool, like this combination of activities that uh, uh, you're doing kind of throughout your career and it started a long time ago until now, like you're not just like, you know, teaching or just doing one thing, you have other things related to, to dance too. But 
uh, one thing you mentioned that your task basically during that uh, uh, contract uh, period in Abu Dhabi was uh, uh, every day producing a one hour show, performing it. Was it every day a different show? And what exactly do you mean by producing a show? Because to produce one hour show daily, it sounds like a lot of work. I'm not sure how, how much free time you had for other activities. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. Producing a show, it means that I was doing for a while the same show because it was, um, um, it was in a place where, where they had, um, a show daily, one hour during their dinner. So it was a dinner show. So I was producing like an hour show, choreographing in the sense that I was choreographing a full show and then I was performing that for an, a, a month. And then uh, um, while I was performing it that month, I was uh, producing again for the next month. So that was like um, for eight months long, uh, eight shows, basically. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Eight shows. And then daily I was doing the same show, but with different uh, attributes. Sometimes I was changing, otherwise it will become very boring. So, and also I could even put that show sometimes in... Um, in in festivals for example because that was an amazing opportunity that they give me the freedom to produce my own show to put my sh own show on stage which actually doesn't uh, never happens in the uae because they they tell you uh, we want to have we want you to look like this we want you to perform this song we want you to do uh, often you go with their will but my, uh, I, I was really lucky to have a management that they give me the freedom. Even I was performing barefoot while in UAE actually rarely happened that a dancer is performing barefoot because I was used to perform barefoot. It was much easier for me. And I'm mm -hmm. actually, but, but by the way, very tall dancer. <laughs> so uh, with heels, it was like, Sometimes I was breaking the lamps of the, <laughs> of the stage because the, they were very uh, low. It sounds indeed like an unusual like uh, opportunity and an unusual place. Because I even specify, because typically when we think about uh, Arab, any Arab countries and its daily shows, it's in the same place, it's... Uh, Typically, uh, very often, uh, same audience comes from evening to evening or from week to week. So the, the dancer, from what I heard, is required to change the shows like almost daily, like or very, very frequently. And you are talking about different situations. So I assume it was the place with quite a flow of people where they didn't worry that much that uh, oh, another person will show up or the same person will show up in an audience uh, among audience, yes. like next day yes. or next week again. So it was a different style of uh, place and different yes. uh, style yes. of performance. Mm -hmm. That's true, because this place was uh, actually um, uh, uh, a place where it was uh, um, like it's 45 minutes from uh, Abu Dhabi, uh, like away. So they go there, they stay one night and then uh, next day they go back. Like it's kind of, you, you have every single day a different audience. So mm -hmm. yeah, or sometimes they like the show, they come back again, maybe after a month. And uh, actually it was uh, uh, the, the place called Arabian Nights Village. So it was also a, a Arabian Nights Village. This <laughs> very mysterious Arabian Nights night it was also Arabian night 
and I felt like the princess of Arabian Nights. And then there were little kids coming there, uh, um, five or six years old. And then two years later, I, I was seeing them back and <laughs> they were like older because they wanted to come to see my show again. So it was a place where where you could uh, uh, go for a weekend, see the show and uh, enjoy uh, the peace. And it's like located inside the desert, so uh, it's why, uh, quite a beautiful uh, oasis place where they, you have a pool and really your peace. And uh, um, it's very, very beautiful uh, under the stars, mm. <laughs> outdoor, big stage, and um, uh, yeah, it's really like very magical. So I was feeling really that feeling of magical uh, old Arabian uh, style, you know. Mm -hmm. So that was a uh, completely different experience than I was having in the in the nightlife, in the clubs or in the hotels that I was doing earlier, which which satisfying which was satisfying me more than uh, because it was near to what I was. Thinking when I decided to come and perform in in uh, Middle East in in my head, what I had in my head. Mm -hmm. Well, so, yeah, I, I'm pretty sure that kids wanted to come back again and again to see the Jasmine Princess on stage again and again. <laughs> yes, yeah. Actually, literally, the kids they were thinking like that. They were thinking, "Oh, this is the princess of the." village because mm -hmm. it was it was called arabian night village <laughs> the place is also arabian night village mm -hmm. okay it has a capacity of 800 to 1500 guests it can have a capacity of 800 to 1200 500 guests and uh so even the uh, the place is really built in all old Emirati heritage style. So it was really Arabian. Sounds so they very came to enchanting. Make also sometimes, <laughs> sometimes they came to make also a, a talk or a picture with the princess. So that was really amazing. Mm -hmm. Well, sounds like a very enchanting place. And uh, it's interesting to see different uh, all around the world, like different places that uh, kind of they are... Um, so not necessarily designed, uh, but they are targeting more like for tourists or for local people who are aiming some different like entertainment, like or oh, go for one day to this oasis magical place somewhere outside of the city. So I'm not sure like among your audience, uh, did you notice back then, was it mostly like a uh, uh, local community who just wanted to escape uh, uh, for one day, day-to-day -day life of, of the big city, or was it uh, mostly foreigners who were coming to somewhere maybe close to Abu Dhabi, and then they had this opportunity to visit also this place where you were performing? Yeah, exactly as you said. So that that was mixed. So uh, the tourists were coming to experience this feeling of before <laughs> and the locals they were coming to experience again to to uh, recharge themselves to just switch off from the city life and uh, like be again back to uh, back to them and uh, uh, yeah exactly so it was half half 
lo- mm-hmm. locals and uh, tourists, but mm-hmm. a lot of locals. So it's not only tourists, because tourists were, were like periodic, p- periodic, like, okay, tourists are here, they're coming with the buses and they are just uh, coming to see the show and to experience the feeling there and, and uh, like switch off their self. Oh, by, by the way, by then it was there was not even an internet there. So, mm-hmm. um, I mean, for guests, internet was not allowed. So the place is really like you have to switch off yourself and experience the birds. <laughs> <laughs> and there is oasis pool, and in the night there is a belly dancer under thousands of stars. The moon is very bright up and <laughs> watching you, and. In the in the morning, you are ready to go with camels <laughs> uh, and discover the desert like this. Mm, I see, <laughs> like fairy, fairy tale, exactly like a fairy tale. Mm-hmm. How difficult uh, or, or easy maybe was it to organize a festival in Netherlands when most part of the year, most of the time, you don't live in Netherlands, you live in Abu Dhabi. <laughs> Okay, that's that's uh, exactly what I wanted to talk about because um, the whole uh, day I was having one hour show. Okay, so as you you know, as a dancer, if you are ready to do one hour show every day, the same show, or uh, you don't have to train every day for that show hours and hours. So it's like kind of preparation for a week for that show. And then for the rest of the week, you are going to be free. So basically, my uh, summer belly dance festival, which I was organizing in the Netherlands, was actually an international festival. It was not only for Dutch. Mm-hmm. Actually, the most participants, 90% of the participants were coming from around the world. So what, you have, what, what, what is the difference? To sit in Abu Dhabi or in, in the Netherlands is the same. You just need to have a laptop. <laughs> and just organize your festival. So that's why it was for me easy to do that. By the way, I want to also to say that uh, I had an, uh, an amazing deal with my uh, contractor uh, that um, whenever I am not able to be on stage, for example, a week or, or two weeks or a weekend or whatever, for what reason that it is, uh, I have to bring my own dancers. I have to select my own dancers. So coming back to the festival, I have also selected during the festival a lot of dancers who were coming, replacing me for a week, for example. And then I had to travel to another festival for teaching or uh, I was doing uh, shows or uh, anything like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But from logistic point of view, like because festival organization, it's a lot of things. It's like booking spots, uh, uh, okay, promotion and communication with artists or advertising. That's typically online. Huh? It was online. It's now online. So that doesn't matter where you are. But more logistics of like I don't know, renting, uh, booking the spots, organizing the stage, renting lights. Was it something that you were jamming into this one, two months prior to festival that you were in Netherlands? Or was it something that you still were doing, trying to do distance on distance while you were in Abu Dhabi? And I'm also asking this because 
it's now relatively we can think relatively easy because all communication mostly goes via emails online and then we meet in person somewhere but i don't know like back uh, when you started doing festival was uh, was it easy to actually f- like communicate and do those logistical things online or was it something that still required your physical presence in Netherlands to organize especially in the very beginning of your festival back then yes in the very beginning of the festival i wasn't in uh, contracted yet so i was doing my festival already two years mm-hmm. uh, before i started it. So already in these two two years, I know the locations, I know the hotels, I know where I am going to accommodate my artists, I know where is the studio, I know, I know, I know. So uh, somehow after the festival finishes, I will do that already. I will book the spot for the next year. I have already the date. I have already organized uh, in my head who is going to come, how many rooms I need, etc. So I was booking that, organizing all these logistics, before I was coming back and starting again the contract. So um, um, then when I'm here and then I have certain amount of um, students who are registering, just four or five months before I am uh, um, giving a note to the hotels or to the studio or to the, uh, um, the theaters. And then uh, we were just setting it up. So. Uh, yes, I was doing after the festival is finished in the Netherlands, all the logistics and then coming back and then from Abu Dhabi organizing the rest of the festival, such like uh, the the promotion material or promoting the whole thing and social media and communicating with each and every student because I needed to know who it is and <laughs> how how I can uh, help them. Yeah, like this. Mm. In your opinion, uh, from the point of view of festival organizer, what is the most challenging aspect of putting such event uh, in life (laughs) to happen? Uh, What is the most challenging? It's a whole challenge by itself. (laughs) But the most challenging is... um, uh, to make the right choice of uh, artists that you are choosing to bring to your festivals, if the uh, students we choose for that, I, if the, I think that's the most challenging for me. Mm. Is that exactly your question? Yeah, for yeah, me, yeah. I think every year it was a challenge for me. Even if I like a dancer, I always chose a dancer which I like. Um, um, but then the challenge was, will will the participants like them? Uh, do they want to take uh, workshops from them? Will they like them? Is the the show okay? Is not okay? So this is actually for me the biggest challenge to choose the artist correctly. And uh, will I face with the artist any issues? Because that happens sometimes also. Even you think, oh my God, this artist is amazing. It's a goddess or God. Uh, it's the best dancer. Or uh, you had an amazing experience in another festival with this dancer. But will you uh, be able to co- collaborate with this artist during your festival peacefully? <laughs> 
this is actually the biggest challenge that I uh, was having. I see. In, um, yeah. So do you think, um, what is more important, the choice of artists or the promotional forces by festival organizer? Like in order to bring, uh, to put together like a successful event in terms of number of participants, how much is the power of actual promotion on social media? Or it all depends just on the choice of artists that you choose. It's like students either want or not want and you can't do anything about that. I, I think I think it's a combination of both because if you choose amazing artists and your profession, promotional material is not uh, powerful enough to bring enough people, uh, then I think it's really pity because you're kind of uh, uh, it's really very pity because you didn't do enough promotion to show the world that this artist is coming because they're not gonna find one two three sometimes. People are scrolling in social media. They didn't see it today. And you think, okay, I put the material today. Okay, tomorrow everybody will, uh, will register. No, it's not like this. You need to keep cons- consistently, consistently uh, promoting it, uh, letting them know. And sometimes uh, I might know that this is a superstar, but uh, someone else might not even know that uh, he or she might discover today that someone amazing is coming to your festival so i think it's a combination of both and then uh, on the other side let's say you are promoting this artist amazingly and it is like a fantastic dancer and fantastic uh, teacher and then they come and they find out actually the artist is not really 100 percent what i was um um like what i was announcing so uh, so in in this situation in both case so and your promotion has to be uh, good and also the artist in my opinion mm-hmm. so no, both are very definitely. important mm-hmm. that's definitely i was just curious from the point of view of attracting people to the event but obviously it's out of question that the the quality of the product that you're promoting should be should be great uh, by definition and in this case we are talking about festival and workshops and teachers that comes to this part now switching uh yeah. going from different geographical <laughs> points let's come back to abu dhabi <laughs> because you Yay. are currently based on abu dhabi but it's a completely different um, contract completely different like a uh, job it, it looks like you are more into teaching activities right now in abu dhabi so can you tell a little bit more about how how it happened that you're currently based in abu dhabi and what exactly your activities there are based on so, as I told you, uh, when I was contracted for five years in Abu Dhabi, so I was started already in Abu Dhabi, but uh, so these daily performances came to an end, my dear Iana, <laughs> because eventually it was like, okay, I did it now for five years, it's time to change, because I don't want to do this every day, all the time, only performing, and then uh, once a week uh, tra- or once a while traveling to a festival and then doing in the summer my own festival. So let's bring a change. So that's the moment that I also decided to um, bring teaching in Abu Dhabi because 
uh, every time local ladies were coming to see my show, they were always asking, are you teaching in Abu Dhabi? Are you teaching in Abu Dhabi? And I was saying always, no, I'm not teaching, but maybe soon, but maybe soon. <laughs> so finally, I convinced myself that maybe this is the right moment to, uh, to make a chance. So change. So in 2018, I decided to open Belly Dance Abu Dhabi in Abu Dhabi. So I stopped completely uh, performing in uh, Arabian Nights Village. Of course, I was doing my festivals here and there, uh, performing uh, or traveling to festivals to teach and uh, perform, but uh, not, not anymore the daily shows because either this or that. So I completely focused uh, in uh, Belly Dance Abu Dhabi and I created that. And let me tell you something. Uh, uh, Somehow the rotation of my life came back <laughs> because I kind of built up a, a, an army of local ladies who came uh, surprisingly and registered for my classes for Indalidans Abu Dhabi. And it was like 250, 300 students. Mm. Can you believe that? <laughs> so somehow my life came back uh, from uh, Leiden to Abu Dhabi. So... Uh, I continued that, and uh, somehow the concentration on uh, Belly Dance Abu Dhabi was so um, so accurately and so much powerful that I somehow also uh, stopped doing my um, summer Belly Dance Festival in the Netherlands because that was uh, impossible to combine because it was some a new project that I'm bringing in Abu Dhabi because there were no teachers here, no professional dance schools. I still not. I mean, that's the only, I, I, Belly Dance Abu Dhabi is the one and only mm-hmm. Belly Dance School here in the capital of United Arab Emirates. So um, I, I wanted to them to learn from A to Z. And not, there, there are some teachers here in fitness, fitness areas, in ladies' clubs, where they are teaching belly dancing in fitness style such as like the, the, the teacher is dancing and uh, 60 students are behind, just like trying to Im- imitate the teacher just to build condition and have fun. But um, someone might go right and someone might go left and someone is doing the hands up, the other one is doing hands down, just fitness style. So I wanted them to really understand the techniques, to learn from the beginning, to develop their bodies, and to build also confidence. And it was the biggest challenge actually, because uh, you can't, uh, you have to be of course very careful because those women, because of the cultural and religions, religious reasons, they don't want to show their face. They have to be in a closed place. They, nobody had to see them. And you know, five, six years ago, they don't even wanted to show their face that they are entering to a dance school because uh, somehow it is still very, um, what can I say, for the community is very taboo to be, uh, to dance because of the, again, of course, because of the religious and cultural reason. So some girls, they were doing uh, secretly, which was also for me, oh, okay, you come secretly to my class? Mm-hmm. Oh, Okay. So it was something new that I had to discover. I had to discover how I am. I, ha- I have to deal psychologically with this, with these girls. Uh, so they 
for them in order for them to feel really confident and for them to feel really uh, to trust me so um it was even new for me that uh it wasn't allowed to do for example any videos in the class of course because they are covered in the mm-hmm. outside world so so certain things you had to discover and it was not logic and then it became a logic now so yeah um like this in 2018 i started this and it was a very big challenge so even i had to stop uh um, summer belly dance festival for one year and i thought like in 2019 i will bring it to the ne to abu dhabi i will change the location and then my dear iana the pandemic came. yeah <laughs> yeah we all remember those interesting times yeah. that changed everything changed all our plans yeah mm-hmm Yeah, I changed changed Belly Dance Abu Dhabi and changed Summer Belly Dance Festival plan, changed my life and of course we know, we all know we, uh, each and every one of us have a different experience. But my my situation was like okay, I just stop Summer Belly Dance Festival, I just develop an army of students here and <laughs> it's already running and people were saying ah you know it's not going to work local woman they will never come they will never commit so i was like yeah we will do this mm. so and then we were just moving and it was growing and then pandemic came yep <laughs> and how how did those years of the first uh, pandemic lockdowns and all this shock from what's happening how did it affect your dance classes back then Yeah, it was uh, uh kind of uh I never I never give up. So in this situation I didn't give up also. So as every other dancer, of course, I started my online classes and I had actually more students than I had la- uh, in my live classes, so uh, also in my offline classes. So um but the crazy thing was that all those ladies no one is opening their camera during pandemic so i was between four walls talking to myself uh waking up good morning making myself uh, ready and uh, preparing my uh, class and then opening the camera no one is there mm-hmm. <laughs> but they are watching me so yeah we just kept going kept going until uh, unfortunately in abu dhabi the pandemic was going on until last october which is in 2022 october they opened uh, all the doors here and also removing the masks and allowing us to go to the studio so i just recently started uh, like four months ago again and uh, i have to tell you thanks god really it's it's moving now like girls are coming back to the track and they really wanted to have uh, dance classes they wanted to come to the studio they wanted to be again active things what in the beginning it was in october it was oh my god i had to push because people started to be lazy somehow it's or either they are lazy or they wanted to they are thirsty again to move the pandemic has two sides so either it made people lazy because they can do everything from home or they are thirsty to go out again to to leave again you know so it was another challenge to push them again but thankfully uh, everything is is coming with a good end so i'm just uh, 
very happy because I have now uh, maybe half or, or three times less students, but really committed students. They are all with me now again. I just open, reopened the studio and even I got a lot of requests um, um, from Dubai. Please come also teach in Dubai because during pandemic also uh, during my online classes, I had also a lot of students joining from Dubai. Mm-hmm. And also from other Gulf countries such as Qatar and Saudi Arabia, Oman, Kuwait. So recently I I, uh, did a workshop in Dubai and did a workshop in Qatar, planning after Ramadan to do workshops in in, uh, Oman and also in uh, Saudi Arabia, which is also very surprising, by the way. Saudi Arabia is also opening their um, doors for opportunities for women, ladies to, to learn dancing because that was quite a closed uh, community. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, everything is going to be okay. <laughs> oh, we I'm sure about to... that. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure about that and wishing you good luck. But yes, uh, doing um, reopening doors after pandemic is... Uh, exciting but challenging at the same time because so many things are changed in physical approach to people in emotional mindset of people so well in any case good luck with it and sounds like you uh, you have enough persistence to really push it and make it uh, fully blossoming again just like it was uh, just before pandemic <laughs> lockdown so good luck with that yes thank you so much thank you so much yes I'm- Everything is reopened now, uh, remaining the festival now, <laughs> maybe mm-hmm. soon again. Well, let's hope for that too. I'm curious to exactly. ask, uh, I'm curious to ask, what do you find, what, what did you find as a main difference between teaching students in Netherlands and Abu Dhabi? Because in both countries, at some point of your dance journey, you were teaching beginners. I'm sure in Netherlands you also worked with more advanced students at some point, but a big part of it also was teaching beginners, teaching from zero. And in Abu Dhabi, you also, your goal was to create a system that you can teach people from zero. What do you find the most striking difference in terms of teaching classes themselves? Yeah. Yeah, it's also a very nice question, <laughs> Iana, because... Uh, yes, this is a very big difference because teaching in general uh, in Europe or in outside in Western world is somehow, in my opinion, you know, you will have um, girls who are aiming to become a professional or they want to develop themselves and become, for example, an advanced dancer. Teaching in Abu Dhabi is mostly girls, they want you to come for fun. Okay, they want you to start from zero and they want to develop them themselves, but until a certain stage, and then they are satisfied because they're going to use this dance, uh, their dance experience only during parties, weddings, and uh, birthday parties, so they're not going to show themselves somewhere else. I'm somehow feeling like uh, because of that, it's just like completely a hobby, just mm-hmm. a fun hobby on the side. They just they wanted to come for fun and build some conditions, uh, create a confidence 
uh, be feminine, to understand how that, that feels. And once they achieve a certain uh, level, خلاص, they are very satisfied and they will go. And maybe they will come sometimes back to have fun again during a workshop. While in the Netherlands, Uh, for example, when I was teaching there, they commit and they just wanted to be ready for a show and then a show after show. Here, they can't show, of course. Uh, that's why sometimes I'm organizing haflas or even here I organize twice a gala show where, of course, it's only for ladies. So uh, they uh, can show to each other how they uh, dance. So... But in the Netherlands, it's completely different. They even wanted to invite their father or their brother or their, now I'm saying all male things, male, uh, male uh, guests, because here absolutely it's not allowed. So there they will invite their whole family to see the show during a student show. Here it's just like, it's okay. I don't even want to show myself for the, for the ladies because... Yeah, I don't know. I don't want gossip because usually it's not allowed to dance for some uh, families. So the girls are doing secretly. So <laughs> somehow they come for fun and uh, after a while you will lose them. So you have to be ready again to make a new promotion and then you will have a new batch of girls. So maximum I will have level one, level two and maybe level two and plus or three, <laughs> which is like, beginning of intermediate like this mm. you can't develop them to uh, like very rarely and most of the situation is a foreigner dancer will become intermediate or maybe advanced but then it will be like two or three or four maximum five but i also know that you you're very active in private classes activities so what would be the purpose for a lady to come to a private class uh, with you if it's like increasing and developing her like dance level dramatically is not really the focus like what would be the focus of private class in this case in this scenario And most of the uh, ladies, they are saying that they are shy or they don't want to, to show themselves in the in the public, even though it is a girl, because maybe it might be a, a cousin who is there and she doesn't want the cousin to know that she's belly dancing. So uh, they come for that reason or they just want me to focus on their self only, of course. And um, uh, they can afford, afford private classes. <laughs> I see. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, in, in the Netherlands, lots of girls they would like, but maybe they cannot afford even. I think they will, they just come. <laughs> yeah, that's maybe uh, also a reason. I think it's a reason also. I just have to be honest. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, they wanted to, uh, that I focus to them and they just are in peace privately. No, uh, no one is coming there. They will not be uh, in fear that, Oh, my, maybe my, my uh, cousin is also taking belly dance class. And then they will have both problems because the cousin so, show, see the cousin that, and the other cousin see the other cousin. So, and then it will become maybe a gossip. This, this might also be a reason. So, yeah, that's why I have a lot of private students, a lot. And that's like killing me physically, <laughs> but I'm enjoying it's so funny because uh, 
if it becomes a gossip, it will become a gossip about all the cousins that, that attend the classes. <laughs> it's interesting, like how, like, um, be conscious not to be seen by a person who actually does the same activities. But it's uh, very understandable. It's just the the culture and the surrounding yeah. that that is happening. It's conscious. Yeah. I have to tell you that very, 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 very. Uh, little percentage of this we have this also in armenian uh, culture mm-hmm. nowadays not that much but before it was also like i was facing a lot of ish- situations i mean i was a belly dancer i mean what is the difference between being a dancer uh, uh, armenian uh, dance style or a belly dancer because you're opening your belly <laughs> or because it's attractive because it's sen- sen- sensual and sen- sexual because of that, maybe uh, they were having... Uh, but why you are doing belly dance? You can also do uh, Armenian dance. Mm. Well, because I like belly dance. But now they are proud, Anush, belly dancers, you know. So in the beginning, I was facing these issues also. You know, like very beginning when I became a dancer. Thanks, thankfully, my parents were really very supportive, especially my mom. You know, she has been a big support because I'm coming from a very artistic family background. Thanks. Thanks God. But still I had like somewhere a far cousin <laughs> who was thinking, oh, belly dancers. Okay. They were maybe not saying directly on my face, but I could see from their expression, from their reaction. So mm-hmm. these things, these things that the girls are facing here, I really understand their cultural background. I understand. It's maybe a little stronger than... Uh, I cannot compare it 100% with an Armenian, but uh, I somehow understand. And I really hope it's going to be really different. It is It is uh, developing. now. Nowadays, they don't care. Yeah, I don't care. It's my life, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but if you have a little percentage that do, that do care, you know, some... Uh, I have also a lot of royal... Uh, Ladies who absolutely don't want you to be mixed with uh, just the normal uh, community in the group classes. This can also be also um, another reason. Mm-hmm. That's it. Mm-hmm. In terms of uh, uh, teaching classes and opening school, uh, may I ask how difficult was it to open a business as a foreigner in Abu Dhabi and specifically related to dance activities? I just did it. <laughs> it's actually um, it was uh, I opened it with um, with the name of art, so it is an art. So it's an art. Art mm-hmm. is okay, and uh, dance is still a sensitive uh, sensitive uh, subject mm-hmm. or word. I also know that you received a golden visa from government as a, as an artist, and this is something that is not. Uh, uh, typical or not usual so my congratulations on that uh, uh, for you but uh, can you Thank also you. tell a little bit about what is this golden visa and uh, uh, some listeners may have no idea of like oh what it is uh, what it um, uh, what's the importance what or essentiality of it yeah <laughs> mm-hmm. what yes. this means uh-huh. so as an artist 
uh, and as a dancer, specifically as a dancer, I really wanted to convince uh, UAE, I mean Abu Dhabi especially, because it's the capital and I love Abu Dhabi because everything is happening in Dubai, but I wanted to do this in Abu Dhabi. So I, as an artist, I, as a dancer, I really wanted to prove that dancing is also an art. And um, I am super, super happy that finally, after five years, I could convince uh, them so they could see the beauty of um, being a choreographer and uh, uh, um, motivating so many women, so many uh, local women to come and to move, to feel confident, to feel the the beauty uh, of dance and uh, to develop themselves. So uh, eventually, I am happy that they appreciated and they also uh, granted me with the UAE Gold Visa, which is actually uh, uh, given only for to. Uh, to special uh, talent in uh, in United Arab Emirates as a yeah as an appreciation. So finally, I am very happy that uh, I uh, could be granted with UAE Gold Visa as the first choreographer, as the first belly dancer in uh, in Emirates. So <laughs> that's kind of uh, amazing achievement, and, and that's kind of an amazing. Uh, yeah, I cannot uh, explain how uh, grateful and how satisfied I am feeling with, for that. Mm. So I got the gold visa granted uh, a year ago already. Oh my God, the time is flying. Last year um, by uh, Dubai Culture and Art um, as a talented artist, as a talented choreographer and um, dancer here in United Arab Emirates with Gold, gold Visa. So yeah, that, uh, that's what happened. Mm. So in the beginning, to answer your question also earlier that you gave, it was very challenging to see if I can really hold this business and uh, to, um, if they, I will be accepted, you know. Uh, that, that's why, actually, that was the main reason that my fully concentration uh, went to this uh, to uh, to this development to this um, to really like really I need to focus uh, on belly dance Abu Dhabi and then I stopped even with uh, summer belly dance festival mm-hmm. which was also a baby of mine mm-hmm. it was another baby <laughs> so I had to stop with that to start with another baby so now I have uh, this uh, belly dance Abu Dhabi as a baby I call it my new baby yeah wow it's uh, it's quite a lot of uh, things shifting and changing due to your activities in um, the perception of dance and and culture so thank you for doing this work and for being uh, uh, persistent or stubborn i don't know what it is everybody calls me stubborn <laughs> <laughs> but whatever it is uh, thank you for keep going and and following your heart to whichever activities uh, it is calling you to. And uh, before I, uh, before we slowly wrap up our today's interview, I just want to, at least briefly, but to touch the topic, because there is another aspect of your activities. You are right now in Abu Dhabi, not only as a dancer, you're kind of... Uh, um, 
also uh, became and, and tapped into the influencer blogger area. I know you have sometimes some collaborations with uh, restaurants or with other events, not like necessarily as a dancer, as a performer, but to come showcase the things, so what we call today as a social media influencers or bloggers. So. Uh, can you tell how big is that part of activity of your like daily life and profession and how did everything started in that realm? <laughs> oh, Yana, you are so, uh, the, your questions are so amazing. Thank you so much for the, <laughs> yeah, pointing this also. Uh, well, um, you know, uh, secretly, I am also a very big foodie. I love, I love food. <laughs> And I love cooking. That's actually something that I kept very long time secret. But I mean, not a secret, but I didn't show people like I love cooking and I love this fine dining and I love presentation of food. So if I would cook for my my family or for my friends, I would always make with a small uh, detailed presentation because I believe how you see the food uh, your day will start also like this. You will continue. It's like kind of if you if there is a smile on your face because the food is beautiful, then somehow you digest like that with this energy. <laughs> so I love this kind of um, uh, presentation and fine dining and uh, cooking and discovering new uh, uh, food and new. Uh, country food so i always liked to go in in by the way in uae i have to tell you there are plenty of restaurants and so many variable restaurants because uh, because of so many nationalities are living here they they have almost all all countries uh, that they put a restaurant here you have japanese you have from uh, India, from Nepal, from Chinese to Mexican to uh, Dutch, <laughs> to everything you have. So I actually love to visit restaurants and then I actually love making pictures. <laughs> That's also a passion that I discovered. So mm. I loved, recently also I loved editing videos. And maybe when I retire, I will become a videographer. <laughs> so, <laughs> so I somehow um, started posting uh, and reviewing uh, all the restaurants and all the amazing places that I'm going, but especially, specifically in Abu Dhabi, because a lot of people are, are saying to me, how is Dubai? I'm not living in Dubai. I live in Abu Dhabi. Oh, it's the same. No, it's not the same. Abu Dhabi is different and Dubai is different. Or they will tell me, uh, I'm, I mean, uh, I'm located in United Arab Emirates. Oh, but I thought you are in Dubai. It's the same. <laughs> but it, I'm living in Abu Dhabi. So somehow I discovered that uh, many internationals, they really don't know what is the difference between United Arab Emirates, Dubai, and what is actually Abu Dhabi. You know, they don't know that United Arab Emirates is a country and Abu Dhabi is the capital and Dubai is just a city, but it's, the, it's very famous. Mm -hmm. So I, I, I really have to tell you that we have in Abu Dhabi so many amazing things and so many things happening here also, not only in Dubai. So somehow I wanted to bring that in the picture. And I love Abu Dhabi. It's so beautiful place to live. It's quiet. It's a very uh, 
very safe. It's very uh, precise. Everything is controlled. You feel here. Uh, I love to live here. So uh, reviewing all the activities in UAE, in, in Abu Dhabi, and uh, sometimes here and there also just to give a, a bit more uh, spices. So in Dubai or in Ras Al Khaimah or another Emirates. But mostly in Abu Dhabi, I started to review them and then they started to call me. But then it became so much because invitation here, invitation there, invitation here. So I started to do this also on the site. So I became kind of blogger Mm -hmm. (laughs) and influencer. And then, of course, I built, I I usually like to have very organic followers. So to understand with who am I dealing and what I'm doing. Somehow they noticed that, and then I became this uh, influencer now, the face here. And especially I was face because I have so many ladies uh, followers. Mm-hmm. So I was pointing uh, all the activities such as like uh, salons and uh, to show my ladies also what they can do with uh, where they can do because they start to do where do you, they they start to ask where do you do your nails where do you do your hair where do you do your uh, makeup so I kind of pointed that every time in my social media which leads you to be automatically as an influencer so yeah I am doing that also mm-hmm. <laughs> but I'm very impressed that you noticed that. <laughs> well, I bet it also adds another challenge of trying to maintain a proper uh, dance shape with such a side gig as being a restaurant reviewer and influencer. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's correct. That's correct. That's why. But, you know, doing that, no, no, wait, wait, wait. Doing that is motivating me to teach seven hour classes sometimes daily, <laughs> back to back. Back to back, seven mm-hmm. hours uh, private classes. Then I'm like, if you do that, keep going, keep going, because then you will go tomorrow to the <laughs> <laughs> So you can eat this again. Uh, <laughs> yeah. That's, that's funny. True. And well, sometimes, uh, sometimes it comes up and down. So sometimes I have like, oops, I gain. <laughs> but yeah, then I have to maintain it again. <laughs> yeah, well, that's it. That that's natural. That we all have, regardless of how many times we go to restaurant. <laughs> so that just life happens. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. before uh, before I ask uh, you our final closing question of the podcast, I want uh, once again to thank you for spending this time uh, with us and sharing amazing, interesting things and insights into your dance experience, but also in the dance life of Abu Dhabi. Uh, that's really interesting to hear about different regions and how ballet dance is different but at the same time we share all this passion to dance and it's the countries or the region in general where we associate ballet dance as a part of the culture so it's interesting really to hear about all the nuances and all this the Uh, surfeits of how ballet dance is present and in which capacity and from which perspectives it's present in different countries. So thank you for sharing and telling us uh, um, a little bit more about Abu Dhabi today. Really, really appreciate. And uh, again, before I ask our final question, can you please share with our listeners where they can find more information about your activities, uh, what is the best way uh, to connect with you, and if you have any upcoming events, um, let's say May, June, July, summer, or um, fall or winter, maybe something international, you have any 
plans or trips for festivals or maybe anything that people can if they're traveling to Abu Dhabi they can connect uh, with you there on spot so anything that you feel like uh, sharing with our listeners um, I would appreciate hearing from you <laughs> oh yeah Yana first of all thank you so much also for having me here because I really, really loved your questions. They are very detailed and really, really different than many interviews that I have done. I'm really very happy that I was participating in this interview. And again, I'm feeling really honored. Thank you so much. You are very interesting person also. <laughs> I'm so happy to uh, be connected with you. Um, um, regarding the yeah, Abu Dhabi, uh, how to connect with me, uh, of course, my own Instagram page, I am very active. I answer all the questions uh, very quickly. Uh, regarding belly dancing, uh, the belly dance Abu Dhabi, just like as you, as you say, belly dance Abu Dhabi, that's the name of the social media account, Facebook, Instagram, and also uh, we have a TikTok. And Anush Alaverdian, that's 100% I answer very, very fast. They both are connected together. So... Uh, this is how you can be connected with me. You don't even need a uh, phone number because I actually check the social media faster than, for example, <laughs> a WhatsApp. Yeah, um, being an influencer, I have to do that also. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Plus, teachers. Uh, so, Anush Alaverdian or Belly Dance Abu Dhabi, both is an easy way to be connected with me and Anyone is coming to Abu Dhabi, they are always welcome to call, to come dance with me or to, I'm very happy to answer any questions, especially all the belly dancers. And regarding the international or the events uh, in general, well, I am stopping the ca- classes after a week. So next Monday, uh, next week is my uh, last, uh, we- uh, last week of teaching of this season because my season goes from Ramadan to Ramadan. <laughs> After that, we have uh, two weeks remaining and then Ramadan is coming. And then after that, another two weeks because it will be a feast and Eid, you know, then they have celebration here. I usually always stop during Ramadan teaching because the girls are fasting. You understand the situation is like different because they are more uh, weak to dance. So it's also the only month in the year that I will have like fully rest month so i just take off and switch off myself and i'm mostly with my family and uh, having my own time and after that i am having uh for now uh, i will be in sicily uh it's not a festival i will be teaching there by um um, um i think it was 25th of july but of course i will announce that Mm-hmm. And that uh, uh, and then I have uh, upcoming workshops coming uh, uh, in uh, Qatar again, in uh, Oman, and in uh, Saudi Arabia. It's coming after Ramadan for now, and that's it. Actually. And, <laughs> and do you teach? Uh, do you currently teach online, or did you switch to only in-person classes at this moment? No, currently I stop teaching online because I have already like so many things, uh, so many activities here that I uh, feel, uh, yeah. And, and there are so many other amazing teachers who are offering online classes. So I think like it's not really necessary. And once a while, maybe I will drop an online workshop. But teaching, I really teach that really long time. I mean, as I told you earlier, 
from October, I started again offline. So I'm really enjoying at this moment on offline classes. But I am all planning to uh, kind of offer everyone uh, tutorial uh, classes, which I will upload in my YouTube channel soon, which is also Anush Alaverdian. But this will be uh, focused more uh, on beginners because I have a lot in Middle East that they want to really to, to learn beginning techniques. So, yeah, this is the only online uh, classes that I am offering right now mm -hmm. or will offer soon. Mm -hmm. Well, but exciting anyway for dancers to meet you in Sicily uh, this summer or in Abu Dhabi, Qatar and other countries in person. And definitely something to keep uh, an eye on your social media um, announcements for any online events or for any other uh, workshops that will be announced. I will definitely include links to your social media and all the resources to the show notes of this episode. So all listeners, you know, you can easily find and connect with our guests through those links. And to close up our conversation, I would like to ask you our traditional question, which I ask every single guest at the end of the interview, regardless of what we talked throughout our conversation. So I ready? <laughs> I'm ready. The question is, what makes you fall in love with belly dance again and again so you keep doing it for so many years? Um, oh, that's so beautiful. <laughs> the femininity, the gracefulness, the peace in the, inside some, uh, some of the music pieces, but most of all also the audience and the the students and uh, you know when they give me this this uh, yeah when they give me this uh, cheerful uh, uh, motivation it motivates me again and again go on stage again and again teach something new and again and again choreograph something new and uh, like this is like making me fall in love all the time. So, and every time I see my success and I see my achievement, I see the hard work that I put uh, in in, uh, in it. Uh, I just don't want to give up. It's really um, letting me realize it's such a beautiful uh, form of dance dance style that that keeps you so so young, so feminine, so woman, so beautiful this is making me fall in love i every time hear oh anush you you look so young anush you look so good and i feel like that's the the magic of belly dance <laughs> i think but yes this is um the main thing that it keeps me uh, alive the motivation of the audience the motivation of the students but also the mysterious music and the uh, uh, beautiful uh, femininity the woman being a woman it, it, it motivates me to stay there and keep going well that's a beautiful way to summarize out today's conversation <laughs> thanks for sharing thank you also Iana thank you so much for having me again <laughs> thank you thank you thank you for uh, for such a beautiful uh, um chit chat in this beautiful Wednesday afternoon here <laughs> in the morning in Brazil. Yeah, you made me smile. Thank you so much for having me.
And I really wish you a lot of success with this podcast because um, you really, really are uh, giving a hug of information uh, about belly dance and about dancers uh, to the world by interviewing and taking the time to interview so many dancers. I think you have around 200 or more even uh, live interviews on your podcast. So thank you so much for doing this. Really, I can imagine how much effort this is. And and by the way, again, I love your questions. It's so uh, detailed and so well uh, researched before you are asking your questions. I'm very, very happy to have uh, spoken to you. Thank you so much. God bless you, my dear. Oh, my pleasure. And thank you. It was an honor and a great pleasure for me to, to chat with you and, and feature your story because you have so much interesting things to share. So it was easy to, to come up with interesting questions and you have such a guest like you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you. This episode was brought to you by the Yana Dance Club, bringing more consistency and more fun into your dance training online. Check it out at yanadanceclub.com, direct link in the show notes. And before you leave, don't forget to screenshot this episode and share it with your friends, as well as leave a review on iTunes or any other app you're using to listen to the show. The more people know about this podcast, the easier it is for me to bring even more awesome guests. Until next time, keep shimming and keep dancing.